3: The opinions expressed on this Webmaster Radio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers. And do not reflect those of the staff management or advertisers of Webmaster Radio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of Webmaster Radio.fm is prohibited.
1: Welcome to SEO 101, your introductory course on search engine optimization. So turn on your computers. Open your minds, grab your mouse, and get ready to get back to the basics. SEO 101, SEO 101 on WebmasterRadio.fm is now in session.
4: Hello and welcome to SEO 101 on WebmasterRadio.fm. This is Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and unfortunately today my co-host Jennifer Evans-Laycott cannot make it. But today is the third part of a three-part series on how to optimize for Google, an article written by my guest and colleague at Stepforth Web Marketing, Scott Vanak. Welcome, Scott. Hey, good
2: afternoon. Good to be back.
4: Yay. We took about a (laughs) 10-minute break there, but it works out. Um, So in part... uh, Two, we discussed links and Google Webmaster Tools. Now, links obviously is a big topic. Actually, both of those are. We were actually discussing that we're going to have to do full shows on those. I think it's it's just too much of a topic, and I know Jennifer's going to have lots to say about that too. Um, But today, we're going to be discussing uh, the kind of the the tail end of things. You know, completing the optimization process. What other considerations are there? And uh, ultimately uh, what, uh, what you shouldn't do. And we, uh, <laughs> Scott, uh, cleverly, uh, called that do not try this at home. And, uh, for those who want to read the article, you can easily find it. Uh, this, this is a three part, this three part series is based on a three part article series called how to optimize for Google by Scott Vanak. And that is available on, on news.stepforth.com slash blog. And, uh, I, I think it's, a, it's a good read. So, uh, you know, do not try this at home is the, the second part of today's show. And then tools. So, Scott, completing the op- optimization, what other considerations do people uh, keep in mind?
2: Oh, you know, there are so many little things that a lot of people don't think about. And I'm not sure where to start here. So I'm just going to start right at the top of my uh, article that I originally wrote. And, and that was with redirects. And it never – there's so many – Bad things you can do with redirects don 't use a meta refresh redirect don 't use JavaScript redirects um, when you start to play around with redirects a lot. you can actually make Google think that you 're trying to game them and trying to screw around with rankings and and once upon a time, you actually could um, so but right now you know if you find that you need to redirect somebody to a different page uh, uh, if you 've changed the file name of a page if you're well even if you 've changed your domain name, use. Permanent 301 redirects or temporary 302 redirects. Uh, that's the best way you can do it, and Google likes it. It makes sense. If you're moving a page around, then Google sees that, okay, this page has formally moved to this other location. This is where it's going to live forever. And they will actually attribute your any rankings you have over to that page, uh, inbound link credit, that kind of stuff will actually follow you over to that new page if you do the proper redirect. If you move a page and you just put up a splash page that says, this page has moved, please click here, and then maybe you have a, uh, a meta refresh redirect at about two or three seconds or five seconds, you're not going to get that value of that ranking following you to the new page. So you really yeah, have to pick be you with f- your redirects.
4: So which of the two, and I think you mentioned the, three, is that the 301 redirect that you're discussing,
2: right? Yeah, the most... Yeah, the most common are the 301 and the 302. The 301 is a permanent redirect. So that means I'm moving this page over here. It's going to stay there basically forever. Um, And then there's a 302, which is a temporary. And the 302 you'd want to use, you know, I've never actually seen a situation someone would need to use. But if for some strange reason you need that page to move somewhere else for a while, but ultimately it's going to come back to where it currently is, then you'd use a 302. So if you can think up a situation where you'd need to do that, that's... That's where you'd need to do it.
4: Well, actually, Scott, we did do that once. Uh, we did that with uh, Barb, but we can't say any more about that, that client. But the fact That's was right, – Yeah, she, she had uh, – our client had a site which um, she was – I think she was doing work on it and she needed to um, – uh, wanted to send traffic to another site temporarily. Um, and, and we didn't want Google to think that her other site, which was the one with all the g- link juice, it was the powerful site. It was the one that was getting all the rankings, was going to be changed completely. So we used a 302, and it worked
2: quite well. I'm not even sure there was any downside to it, was there? You know, I, I remember that now. I totally forgot about that. Uh, yeah, I was worried about her rankings just plummeting with all this, but it was a necessary step that had to be done. And if I remember correctly, I think her rankings actually went up instead of down
4: actually, Scott, there is an, uh, an instance where we have used the 302 redirect for a client. It was it was for um, Barb. And in her case, we actually uh, took the 302 redirect and used it to transfer her uh, traffic to another site that they were doing. I think it was ad testing on or something. It was not a situation we would have uh, – well, we weren't necessarily behind, but it had to be done. And uh, I don't believe there's any follow-up from that. I think it worked out pretty well. What was your recollection of it?
2: Yeah, I remember we were quite worried. You know, I completely forgot about the 302 with Barb. I remember I was quite worried about her rankings dropping, and and it was a risk that she had to take given her situation. We got quite lucky, and and by some fluke, her rankings, if I remember correctly, actually went up, Um, but certainly not something in the norm, and uh, I wouldn't take that as something that would happen.
4: Right. Now, one of the other things w- you discussed in here is uh, using non-WWW redirects. Now, that sounds really, I mean, even in saying it, it sounds confusing. Um, now, in that case, uh, how
2: would you describe that to the listeners who don't have a clue what this this is about? Well, basically, your website can be seen under a number of different URLs, uh, one of which, or two of which, I should say, would be www.abc.com, and then just abc.com without the triple Ws. The exact same content is being served up when somebody visits your site under either of those two versions. Now, the problem is Google sees that. Well, not as much now, but we'll get into that. Uh, The search engines in general will see both of those two different URLs as separate URLs and index them as two different pages, which can bring in duplicate content issues. Uh, With Google, it can cause your page rank split. Uh, Every page on your site has... Google page rank. And, and if you have one page that breaks into two, you split the value of that page essentially in half. And so what you want to do is make sure that when somebody visits your site and they they just type in http colon slash slash abc.com without the triple W, that they are 301 redirected to the version with the triple W. And that helps keep your site whole. It keeps the value of that page higher and it eliminates any duplicate indexing problems that you may occur from that. So that's something you need to implement.
4: Yeah, and and people may wonder why would anyone type it in without the www. Well, the the fact is uh, there's a lot of people who will link to your website, and they may not use the www, and then they may link to an article within your site and all of a sudden that uh, triple w is gone google sees this Oh, is, is is this a new page it, it gets confused it looks at the page and considers it a second a second page now, as you said this isn't so much now um, and I, I'll, I'll fill that in for you like essentially google webmaster tools allows you to specify which one do you want the non-www or the www as your main url um now that's just google though. um Actually, I can't recollect, Scott. Does Yahoo or MSN
2: Tools allow you to do this? The same you thing? know, I don't believe either of them have that preference setting in there. But, you know, I hate to be wrong on something, but I, I could be wrong there. I'm, I'm not sure offhand. Well, and, you
4: know, that's a great example, though, because the fact is it's a good idea to still do this because there are other search engines out there. Um, definitely lesser than Google, but they're out there, and they do have traffic. So you got to make sure this is done, and uh, it's very simple to do. And, and another thing, I'm not sure we, we – Highlighted on enough is that with a 301 redirect, you not only are you transferring the traffic and everything. I know you mentioned uh, page rank, but I really want to put out there that page rank gets passed completely. So, say you uh, change over your website, or maybe even move it completely. You moved it from one triple W site to another triple W site, and uh, you want to make sure that all your hard work, all your links, all that stuff is passed. All, all the benefit from all that work is going to be passed to the new site. And 301 redirect is the magic magic way of doing that. And um, I just can't stress that enough. If you don't do it, even if you wait too long, that that link juice can just go into space. And there's nothing sadder than that, especially if you've been out for a long time online and you need that that really to function. So that I touched on. Uh just looking at this, I guess we're rather technical with our names here, but it's really how it has to be, HTTP headers. <laughs> Scott, <laughs> describe that one.
2: Well, in a nutshell, what an HTTP header is, it's the core of your HTTP request. So when your browser goes out there, or the search engines or whatever goes out there to access a website, that header defines various characteristics about the data on that page. Um, So that could be, you know, the the type of the the server information, even the IP that it's posted on. And, you know, I don't even know all the stuff that's in there, to tell you the truth, but it'll give you the page status. And that's really one of the key things you want to look at. Um, If, actually, you know, I would check this for most SEO cases in the beginning anyways, just to make sure it's clean. Type in your domain name, www.abc.com, and see what uh, a header checker will give you for information. If it gives you a, I believe it's a 202 if it's... uh, If it's clean, Uh, I could be wrong there, but, uh, it's a 200. Thank you. Um, so if it gives you an error or I guess it wouldn't be an error. If it gives you a code of 200, you know, your page is good. Everybody's happy. It's all good. If it gives you a, well, it might give you a 404. It could, which would be a page not found error. It could give you all kinds of different things. If you see anything other than a 200, you might want to investigate a bit more. Um, For example, if you had a 301 setup to point it to another page, you're going to see that code 301, and then it's going to show you the page that it's actually being redirected to. So it can help you sort of uh, troubleshoot problems that might be happening on your website. Uh, On our website, on StepForce website, we have a little tool that you can go in and type in your domain name, and it will tell you what those status codes are, and then it can give you some insight as to what you may need to do, if anything, and we have a list of uh, what the different codes mean and, and that sort of thing. Um, and to find that, you can go to slash seo tools and you'll see a link to it on the right hand side.
4: Yeah. Um, now, the the HTTP header checker, checker um, is, is also like you mentioned; it's it's useful to, to you know double check things. Well, the best thing uh, I like to do anyway is to have a recommend that people use it whenever they do implement into 301 so say you're doing it on a website you're doing the move double check the work even if you didn't do it your webmaster did it you and not double check it if it was accidentally put in as a 302 you better change it because the 302 was again the temporary redirect you don't want it to be temporary if, well perhaps you do but in this case you don't so you say okay that wasn't done right i need this to be a 301 um you know things have to be fixed and and these are great little tools just to, to double check all the work and make sure you're in a good position so we're going to take a quick break and when we come back we'll touch on uh, some more uh, other well more considerations for completing your optimization.
3: Go behind the scenes of SEO 101 with their Facebook fan page. Search for SEO 101 podcast on Facebook now.
1: SEO 101 will be back right after recess.
3: Get more traffic-maximizing details now at FriendFinder.com. SEOSeek.com is your one-stop site for everything SEO. From search engine marketing to pay-per-click management, SEOSeek.com delivers high-quality SEO services at affordable prices. SEOSeek.com can help you with SEO analysis, monthly reports, title and meta tag optimization, email support, and so much more. Want to keep your SEO in-house? Let our professional trainers teach SEO to your staff. Get a free quote and a free competitive analysis today at SEOSeek.com.
0: Mobile Presence, Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm.
1: Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over, and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm.
4: Welcome back to SEO 101 on WebmasterRadio.fm. With Ross Dunn, myself, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc., and my guest today, Scott Vanak. This is the third part of our three-part series on how to optimize for Google. And uh, we were just discussing HTTP headers, uh, non WW redirects and other redirects—really uh, complex names—but uh, we tried our best to make them understandable. I hope uh, that is the case. If not, please drop a note on our Facebook page. Uh, there is a, a note on it at the end of our show, and I think at the beginning of our show, on what our address is. Um, right now, we're going to discuss the homepage URL. And, and what's what, why did you include this? Give us a little background on this.
2: Well, you know, I see more and more often people have. The links in their internal pages of their website link to slash index.html or slash index.php.asp, whatever their site may be. And that can be a big problem because, again, it's similar to the triple w redirect issue in that you're duplicating your home page of your website. Google will then look at triple slash index.html and triple as the exact same page. And again, you're splitting your page rank and the value of that page. And it's just something you don't want to do. And so it's incredibly easy to fix. All you really need to do is change all the links throughout your entire website, which I guess it may not be that easy depending on your site. All your links on your site that point to your homepage, drop the slash index.html and put in an absolute link. So, they, And an absolute link is in source code, the full URL of the homepage or the, any page you're linking to. So in that case, HTTP slash, uh, W dot uh, that will eliminate the duplicate page. It will help, uh, uh, put those two pages back into one to boost up your page rank again, potentially, and, and, uh, eliminate any potential risks for duplicate content issues.
4: Great. Yeah, I, and, I, and I think that, you know, as much as these may seem a little bit nitpicky, they can help. I mean, it maybe it's just going to take you a little bit extra page rank to get the number one ranking or just move up one more spot. You know, one more spot means that, one, that many more eyeballs. So um, I, I really think that these these things can help a lot. Now, we touched on the XML sitemap a bit, but uh, do you want to just note why you've put it on here?
2: Uh, well, I put it on here you know because we talked about it in part 2 a little bit and the reason I included it in part 3 is because it is one of those extra little things you want to do and I wanted to make sure that people that didn't read part 2 could still see it in part 3. and You know basically mm-hmm. make sure you've got an XML sitemap with all the links to your website included in that. Submit it to Google. And again it, it you know it's not going to directly impact your search rankings but it can indirectly help by ensuring that Google indexes everything, and uh, sees updates. If you change a page or you add a page, uh, Google will find it that much more quickly if you have that XML sitemap.
4: Yeah, no no question. I think it's, it's necessary in most cases. I mean, you can get away without it, but I think it's quite a benefit, especially if you've got a large site. I mean, if you've got an eight-page site, <laughs> sitemap might be kind of useless, but if you've got a thousand or even a couple hundred-page site, that can be quite beneficial. Um, the next thing you mentioned is the robots dot text file. And, and I th- think it's ignored a lot. Um, there's a lot that can be done using it. And uh, why don't you just expand on that a little bit?
2: Well, yeah, the robots.txt file, uh, I'm going to start with the very basic of it. Every time a search engine comes to visit your website, the very first thing they do is look for that robots.txt file to see if you've established any rules for that engine saying, uh, don't look at this page, don't look at that page, and, and so on. Uh, so every time that a search engine comes looking for that file, if it doesn't exist, you're going to get a 404 error appearing in your log files. And that can add up, and it just kind of clutters your your analytics. So the first thing you can do is upload a file, robots.txt, put it in your root folder next to your index page, and even if it's completely empty, you've just saved yourself some potential headache down the road. Uh, Probably the number one thing, well, there are two main things I use a robots.txt file for, one of which is blocking Google from certain parts of your website, if you need to do that. The vast majority of the time, you're not going to need to block anybody. Uh, but sometimes there may be, I don't know, forums that are very specific or used for in-house purposes or, or confidential info that you need a login to see or something like that. And then you might want to try blocking it with uh, the robots.txt file. Uh, another thing you can do in that file, and this is why I see it being used for the most commonly now, is add a link to your sitemap file. And it's really quite simple. You add a line in that file that says sitemap colon space http colon slash slash www.abc.com slash sitemap.xml uh, or whatever location you've got that, that sitemap saved to. And, uh, you know, there's really not a lot you need to do here, though, in general. Okay, cool. And uh, I think
4: that, again, putting in that kind of a, a link just to your sitemap is just a great Insurance policy. didn't you know that the search engines will find it, especially if you're using a non, um, I guess a non-common uh, name for your XML file, sitemap.xml in the root of your website is the most common way of doing it, and uh, I believe that's even the, the default for search engines when they're looking for it. Um, so potential blockages. Um, you know, if your site's not being indexed,
2: what what do you need to do here? Like uh, I noticed you've noted uh, as a major area. Yeah, I think the number one thing I do if I'm looking at a site and I'm trying to figure out why Google is not indexing it is I go in and I go back to the HTTP header checker that we talked about, type in the domain name and see what what kind of codes I get. If I get a 200 code, I know that Google can see the site. It's all good. Um, And then I may check an internal page or two. And if I get a 200 code. Great. I'm not going to worry about that anymore. The next thing you want to do, well, sometimes you might want to check this first. There's not really any hard set rule, which you should check first. It could be your site navigation. If the main navigation on your site is using Flash, a JavaScript drop-down menu, a DHTME, DHTML drop-down, um, even uh, image maps and things can prevent Google from being able to see your site. So what you want to do is make sure Google can look at all the pages of your site and get to them. Um, and that's where Google Webmaster Tools actually comes in again a little bit because you can go in there and see if they have any errors. Uh, just because you don't see it when you do a site colon check in Google doesn't mean Google doesn't have an index. It just may not be refret in their active index. So you can check in your Webmaster Tools and see if you have any errors or, or even messages because if your site has been banned, sometimes you will get a message from Google that will appear in your Webmaster Tools. Uh, it's pretty rare unless you've been doing something you shouldn't be doing Uh, that you'd get banned. But at least if you are banned, you might get some indication as to why in there.
4: And you won't even know you're being banned unless you go in there too. Well, other other than the fact you've (laughs) you've lost rankings. But I mean, (laughs) Google does not actually send you an email from Google Webmaster Tools saying, check it out. You know, there's been an issue. Only way you'll ever find out is by checking Google Webmaster Tools regularly. And uh, we, we, we highly recommend that. And I mean, uh, I, I'm bad at it. I do my best for our own site. but And then the fact is, you probably won't do it every day, every week, but try to do it as much as you possibly can. Now, fresh content, regular updates, duplicate content, site age, all these things are potential blockages, aren't they? Or not blockages necessarily, but they may provide a reason why you're having issues with rankings. So do you want to expand on that a bit?
2: Yeah, uh, I, there's not a lot that needs to be said about duplicate content, but certainly if you are uh, duplicating pages on your website, Google may look at that and say, well, what's the point? You've got 10 pages or all the exact same content. They're not going to rank you. And they may not penalize you necessarily, but essentially you're penalizing yourself. Uh, so make sure all your content is unique uh, and highly relevant to what your site is. Uh, and, and certainly don't steal content from other websites. If you start scraping content, not only are you risking your rankings, you're risking copyright infringement and legal issues and, and who knows what else. Uh, so keep your content fresh, unique, and regularly updated quite often. If you find that you know, your site hasn't changed in 10 years... You may find your rankings to totally disappear. Uh, you know, because Google is looking at you saying, What's the point? You know, this stuff is 10 years old. Why, why do I care about this? So keep it up to date, keep it fresh, current, and that'll be, uh, you know, it'll be a big help for your search rankings.
4: Or at uh, the very the least, Google, Google would actually just say, uh, You know, yes, this has been around 10 years, but this site hasn't, and it's got better, co- and then this content seems fresher. So it's not like your site would be bad, it's just that. You know, you're out of date. You got to keep up to date.
2: Exactly. Um, yeah. And, you know, site age, the age of your website, I'm pretty confident does play a small role in your search rankings. The mm. problem with it is there's almost nothing you can do about it. Um, you know, you register your domain name and there you go. and You just wait. Uh, the only thing you can do is to not change it. So you think, oh, hey, there's this new domain name. That's great. Maybe I'm going to change everything over to it. Well, For the most part, you're starting from scratch if you do that. So once you pick a domain name, stick with it in the long term. There you go. That's all you can do about the age of your site, really. Okay. Well,
4: before we move on to the other stuff here, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll touch on uh, some server uptime and Google local. And then we're just going to touch on those quickly so we can move into the next part, which is do not try this at home.
1: SEO 101 will be back right after recess.
3: quality partners, quality search abcsearch.com
0: on a performance only basis, so you only pay for results. Dopnichnetworks.com has the answers that you've been seeking for making your business a success on a performance only basis. And that's a good thing because my butt's falling asleep. Are you happy with your landing page performance? Discover how to improve your landing page performance with ConversionCritic.com, brought to you by Engine Ready. Turn your underperforming landing pages into cost effective sales producing machines.
1: Please hold while we connect you to one of the most sought-after experts in SEO, analytics, and web development. Office Hours with Vanessa Fox, Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Search Engine Optimization Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session, only on WebmasterRadio.fm.
4: Welcome back to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm with Ross Dunn, myself, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc., and my guest today, Scott Vanek. This is the third part of our three-part series on how to optimize for Google. And just a moment ago, we were just discussing uh, some of the potential barriers to rankings online uh you know what what could be about your site that that may be causing problems why particular pages aren't getting the ranking you expect and we're just going to continue that on a couple more points um server uptime google local and compliant code those are the last three so why don't you just whip those off for us scott (laughs)
2: <laughs> okay. Server uptime is pretty straightforward. Google comes looking for your website. They want to spider it. If your site is not there, you're in trouble. Um, and I, I kind of use a three-strike-zero rule. If Google comes once, your site's not there, not a big deal. They're going to come back. They come back a second time, your site's still not there. Well, it's not looking good for you. But if, if they fail to find your site three times in a row, your rankings are probably going to just vanish. Now, the good news is when your site's back up and Google finds you again, and they will spider you eventually again... Uh, chances are your rankings will come back because nothing else has changed. You have the same uh, density, the same links, the same content, and so on. So, you know, long-term, you don't necessarily have to worry about it unless your site, or your server, I should say, is going down all the time. Um, easy way to fix that? Well, not necessarily easy, but change hosts. And not necessarily something you want to do, but, you know, if your server and your hosting server is down all the time, you're not getting your money's worth, so switch it up. Uh, Google local... You know, if you have a brick-and-mortar store you're selling – well, will go back to the bakery example I used before. Uh, you're selling loaves of bread and uh, you want people to find your store, submit to Google Local. And uh, that way, every now and then, if somebody does a search for – say you're in Victoria and they do a Victoria Bakery, your site might come up number one or in the top grouping a little, at least with the Google Map and a little arrow says where your store is located. And, you know, for local searches, for people looking for a store in their area, definitely something worth considering – um, you help drive a little bit more traffic to your site and get your site bumped up there a little bit. Uh, so do it. It's free. It doesn't take too much effort. Go for it. W3C-compliant code is something... to not get too technical. Basically, there is a big set of rules. And if your site doesn't fall into those rules, some people think that you're going to lose rankings. And those rules are coding rules, what tags you can use, how to close tags, all the nitty-gritty, uh, under-the-hood type of stuff. And I'm a firm believer that your site does not need to be compliant. Uh, The reason I say that is I can't count how many number one ranking sites I've seen that were far compliant. Uh, It doesn't need to be there. That said, if you can easily get compliant code on your site, you you just need to make a few changes and that sort of thing. You may as well do it. It doesn't hurt. It, it may help improve your visitor experience. It may help the way your site uh, renders in the in your search browsers or sorry uh, <laughs> in your regular browsers, and uh, it's just a good idea to have it if you can do it. But don't stress over it. Probably does not impact search rankings. And yeah, I mean, always
4: yeah. there's always a benefit, of course. But you're, you're right. I mean, it, how can it be that much that, that important when frankly everyone can see that there are a lot of Design sites, I'm trying to be nice here, uh, poorly designed sites <laughs> that are in the top rankings. And uh, they may be just using scripts that are just out of this world. Uh, <clears throat> front page. Um, so, you know, <laughs> there are sites out there that uh, may be designed by some rather less
2: quality tools. And those can be used. <laughs> and, you know, if, if Google required us site to be compliant, they'd have, I don't know, maybe a couple hundred pages index. So, <laughs> you know, don't worry about it.
4: I wonder if even Google pages are perfectly compliant. Yeah, You never
2: know. I think um, I might
4: have to check that after. That would be kind of funny. I get a little article, actually. Uh, so, do not try this at home. I love that one. So, wow, this is fun stuff. Let, let me just, let's just switch off here one-on-one. Did I, I, I want to talk something. Um, hidden text. Um, this includes... Any text. So, what sort of text might be an issue on your site? Um, if you're if you're hiding text behind images, you're hiding text um, same color on this. you know if you make the color of your text the same as your background or even make it close to your background, Google can see this in most cases. Um, this is all shady stuff. You, why bother? Why do this? You're obviously trying to game the search engines. The search engines are going to see this. Um, do not try this home is essentially a topic on spam you know do not do this stuff Um, it's old it's outdated it's going to cause you trouble Um, and if it doesn't it's going to catch up with you at some point Uh, it's just the nature of the internet things are always uh, getting better and more complex Uh, google's algorithms getting way better at catching anyone doing any of these tricks Um, that's why there are industries uh, big big get-togethers for black hats, people who are doing this stuff as a, uh, for a living, just to keep up to date on all the latest stuff. So the next one, you know, would be excessive keywords. Scott, why don't you take that one?
2: Yeah, basically keyword stuffing. If you have a sentence that's talking about, well, I'll use the bakery example again, and you're trying to rank for bread, <laughs> don't say, we have whole wheat bread, white bread, fresh bread, great bread, multi bread, you know, don't include the word bread over and over and over and over again in your content. Um, if you overuse it, you're going to, you know, I don't want to talk about keyword density right now, but essentially you're going to drive up your density to percentages that are way too high. Google's going to think of you as obviously trying to spam and, and specifically rank for that phrase, and you'll probably get degraded down. Uh, so you're, you're going to cut yourself off for rankings. And then, not to mention, when someone comes and looks at your website, they're going to say, what is this garbage? Who wrote this? Um, mm. So really, you know, be conservative with your use of keywords on your web, on your your uh, in your page content.
4: Yeah, and the next one will be duplicate content. Uh, yes, we have to whip through this now with the time we've got, but duplicate content is... Again, something we've already men- mentioned, don't try to copy content on other sites, frankly. Uh, that's bad news. And don't try and copy it on your own site. Um, and-, and then try to post it on another page and get another ranking for that. Um, and some people actually mirror their entire site on another site and try to get rankings for both. <laughs> don't do this. It does not work. Um, and actually, we've only got about th- three minutes here. So let's say doorway pages. Um uh, doorways pages cloaking all flash, go for it, Scott. <laughs>
2: uh, do it. There you go. Um, doorway pages are a lot like duplicate content. It's basically creating a page specifically to try to gain rankings in Google by tailoring, you know, maybe of ten identical pages, and you're just tweaking each one a little bit to try to get one of them to rank. Uh, you know, in a nutshell, that's basically what you can be doing. The only good way, or or. A valid way to do that is if you're doing it for pay-per-click and you want destination pages specific to ads, in which case you block those pages to Google anyways, it's not an issue. cloaking uh, is when you serve up content that is different from whatever else sees. So when Google comes, they see a totally different website than what uh, you know, your mom sees when she comes to your website. Uh, very bad. Google frowns on it. If you get busted for that, you're done. Forget about your rankings. Buy a new domain. You know, sell your website. Move on. You're finished. Um, <laughs> All Flash websites, you you don't want to do that either. Don't utilize Flash for your entire website because it's just going to kill you. Uh, The main reason is Google won't index everything. And, you know, we could go into for an hour about how Google can index Flash now, but really it's still not working. Um, Someday maybe, but don't don't utilize your whole site in Flash. And, uh, you know, I guess the final topic was really iframes. And uh, iframes are basically a little area of your page, a little frame on your page, where you're serving up content, whether it be from an include or from another site. Uh, anything within an iframe, Google cannot see. It's invisible. Uh, so that's not so much a bad thing in that you're going to get in trouble. You're just not doing yourself any favors. You're basically giving your users stuff that Google doesn't know you have. So don't use an iframe. Use a div layer instead. You can do all the same stuff with the with div layer as you can with an iframe.
4: Yeah, and, and to decomplex, yeah, make this English,
2: <laughs> <Put it> simply.
4: <laughs> um, uh, you know, when you're going to a site and you see a lot of content in the middle of the page, you see uh, some sort of a scroll bar just in the middle of the box. That's no good. So you've got to fix that out. Um, you got to make sure that uh, that content is seen or remove it entirely because, it's, frankly, it's not doing any good for you. Uh, we've got so much more to talk about, but I'm afraid that's the end of our show. Uh, thank you so much, Scott, for uh, coming in, and doing these three parters, and uh, it's just—it's
2: uh, been awesome. It's good to have you on board. Well, thanks for having me. It was uh, definitely a lot of fun.
4: Good. Well, on behalf of myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my temporarily absent co-host Jennifer Evans Laycock, and director of social marketing at SiteLogic, thank you for joining us today on SEO 101 on WebmasterRadio.fm.